G'day ladies and gentlemen, it's Brad Shepard here from Create PT Wealth and coming at you live with another one of our Create PT Wealth Personal Trainer's Guide to Wealth Creation podcasts. Look, thanks very much for joining me today. I'm going to launch straight into today's topic. And really, today's topic is one that gets spoken about quite a lot. The question gets asked to us many times. And I want to try and debunk some of the myths today and try and help people out. And today's topic is all about how to most effectively negotiate a deal with a gym or a facility or somewhere that you can run your personal training business. Like I said, you know, over the seven years that Create PT Wealth's been in action, chatting now to many thousands and thousands of personal trainers across the country and worldwide, question quite often gets asked to us, this whole magic question of, you know, should I be operating outdoors, boot camp style, should I be in a studio, should I get myself underneath the roof of a gym, a commercial facility or something like that and, you know, ultimately if you've heard a lot of our stuff, a lot of our messages and podcasts, you'll hear that there is no one right answer. We've really been able to see every model work um, and every model particularly that we've seen you know, the ones that we've had some good interaction with, we've, we've been able to see some really good success and been, uh, been able to see examples of every situation, someone who might have had the odds against them and been able to make that business work and make it a success. But today I'm going to be specifically talking about if you were going to set up underneath the roof of a commercial facility or some, a facility that someone else owns and how would that whole operation work. All right, so let's start straight at the top. Look, you know, first bit, I'm going to talk about some of our bigger players, you know. I call them the super clubs, and, and you know, the reason they are the super clubs is because they're quite gargantuan in size, got a large membership base, got a strong drive to put new bums on seats every single week. So I'm talking about yeah, our fitness firsts and our good lives and, and the, the places where we've got more facilities, a larger base of trainers. Look, you know, I've, we've had plenty of people come through our program who have been in those facilities. I personally love them. I think they're great places. Um, quite often the question gets asked to us, you know, words of the effect of, hold on, if I'm paying somewhere in the vicinity of um, anywhere from $250 a week, $300 a week, $400 a week, up to $450 a week, some trainers can be really, you know, shy with, with paying that sort of amount and can be a bit fearful with it. You know, if we're talking $400 a week, you know, in anyone's language, it's not a small figure and, and not an amount to be sneezed at. However, in any of these scenarios, I always like to present the, the I'll call it the risk versus reward, you might say. So what's the risk? Well, the risk is you're going to pay 400 bucks a week, all right? However, on the flip side, and I guess the, the biggest risk is, hey, that you might not be able to sustain clients to, to make that happen. However, on the flip side, what have we got as the reward? Well, we've got a big chain driving us. We've got, we've got dedicated people. We've got dedicated salespeople. We've got dedicated targets. We've got, in the instance of Good Life, we've got a Macquarie Bank who are sitting behind a publicly listed company who are encouraging the success of this organization and this business. So, you know, what I'm, where I'm getting at here is that the reward for you is that these facilities consistently have new people coming through every single week, landing bums on seats, landing new potential members for you to be able to sign up to your facility. So 
if we have a look at the risk on one side of it, the, you know, call it the $400 a week, and that can be a daunting figure. However, on the flip side, have a think about what is the potential that I can gain from this? How can I build my business most successfully underneath the roof? How many new members does this give me access to? What sort of lead generation system can I put in place here? And, you know, from the experience that I've seen, look, if you're doing a good job in some of these facilities, there's no reason why you can't get yourself a decent running operating business, a decent income. And we've seen many people be able to, you know, of course, reach the $100,000 a year or six-figure income in those facilities and many to go way beyond that. Another thing in the risk category for those larger super clubs can be the fact that you might have a, a larger number of trainers who are under the one roof. But again, it all, all, all comes down to, to stats and figures. How many new members are coming through every week? And I also our big tip, you know, is to not rely upon the gym to supply you with leads. Get out there. And that's if you've heard our stuff for long enough, you'll know that you want to be building a database. You want to be delivering great content to those people, positioning yourself as an expert so they see you as the obvious best choice. So if you're in a club with 30 other trainers, well, what do you need to do to stand out from the pack? And you've probably heard us speak about this topic before. It's how to stand out from the pack. How do you differentiate yourself so people can see you as the person to go to and the go-to person in that gym? And that's when you can start commanding greater fees for what you do. That's where you can increase your prices and have that greater source of clientele coming in. So look, there's my bit on the super clubs. I'm a, I'm a fan of them. I see them work. I think they're great. All right, let's now have a look at some of the other ways. And look, the last bit about you know some of our super clubs is you're probably not going to be able to negotiate in a facility like that. That's you know I'm not suggesting it can't happen, but look, you know from my understanding, it's the 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 way it's set up is the way that it's set up. The fees are the fees, the agreements are the agreements. So you're probably not going to have much of a chance to be able to negotiate price, get that rate down, or any of that sort of stuff. They might have some leniency in terms of some of the um, startup packages that they might offer you however at the end of the day look the you know the deal's the deal you just got to make the most of it and if you're going to sign yourself onto an agreement i say to you as a as a ethical human is to carry out that agreement do your very best to make that happen all right cool now let's go down to some of the clubs where you know you might have an opportunity opportunity to be able to negotiate a bit and here's where i start talking about some of our 24-hour clubs because they're obviously hot topic right now i see newspaper articles popping up about them at the moment the whole big question is there an oversupply of 24-hour clubs and what's going to be the future what does the future hold for these places look again you know, there's probably not going to be many gyms or facilities that I'm not a big fan of. I'm, you know, I'm a massive fan of, of promoting exercise and ongoing activity in our community. People out there aren't getting any skinnier. And as long as you've got a model that works and can be profitable, I say, yep, go for it. So that's definitely where, in my opinion, the 24-hour clubs come in. You might be in a location or in a suburb where you've seen a few of them pop up. You might have an any time and then a bit down the road, you've got a snap and then a little bit further up, you've got a Jets. And then we've got a 24-hour, a plus 24-7. And then we have some of the other, I feel, goods popping up and Plenty, plenty of them out there. We could probably keep rattling, rattling them off all day. Not to mention some of our larger players who are now starting to switch over to 24-hour access. I saw my local YMCA over at uh, Bowen Hills has just switched over to 24-hour club as well. So we're going to see 
definitely a shift in in that particular market. We're also going to see some of the 24-hour clubs start to become more of a full-service club. So we see a number of them start to offer group fitness classes and spinning studios, and they're going to start to differentiate a little bit and find ways that they could then stand out from the pack. All right, let's speak about you as the PT and how could you operate inside one of these facilities. Look, the biggest question, the biggest thing I say to people, the biggest point to have a think about is what problem are you solving? Okay, so before you go in there, you know, guns blazing, thinking what the hell can you get out of it, have a think about what problem are you solving? All right, I'm going to tell you what it is in a nutshell. The greatest problem or the greatest headache that 24-hour club owners have is the fact that trainers are their biggest pain in the butt. Yep, you heard that correctly, personal trainers. You are the biggest pain in the butt for 24-hour club owners. Why is that the case? Well, if we have a look at the very basic 24-hour club model, roughly operating on four personal trainers, give or take a couple here, here or there. But let's just call it four PTs, okay? So four PT is paying you $200 a week, there, say, as a rough figure. There's $800 a week of income as a 24-hour club owner then that you would receive. Now, ideally, what you'd like to do is just have those four trainers just pay you week in, week out, pay the $200. They're happy as they've got a bunch of clients. You're happy because they're not causing you a pain in the backside. Now, we're speaking about a 24-hour club owner. Keeping in mind the general profile of a 24-hour club owner, now, we know that many of them have come from the fitness industry, but there are also a huge number of people who have just not from the fitness industry of all have sought out a good business investment because that's what these um, definitely stack up to be. They've sort out a good business investment and gone, okay, I'm going to put my, plonk myself, I'm going to um, invest some money into this, and I'm going to become a gym owner. However, they don't want to be faced with this whole conundrum of trying to deal with trainers and what the, the general consensus can be is that the trainer comes on board, they have a rent-free period, it might be free for the first month, half price for the second month, and the rent starts to kick in around about month three. So the trainer comes on board, they stand around for a bit, they do a bit of prospecting, they might get one or two clients, they might have a few leads trickling in, they might not be proactive about business or understand the best way to get clients, etc. They get a month down the track, no rent's kicked in, and they're only doing three or four clients a week, and they're starting to think, okay, this is not so good, because next month, half rent kicks in, 100 bucks a week, hmm, this is not so looking so promising, and then they get into it, and they might get a couple more clients, and by the time full rent kicks in, they're probably, you know, just, just breaking even, making a little bit beyond that, and this is the conversation I've, I've, I've had with, with plenty of people in that particular scenario. So what's the end result of that? Well, time for the full rent to kick in, and then the next thing they're doing is turning around and saying, look, I'm going to have to leave because I don't have enough clients, and it's this whole, you know, vicious cycle, vicious circle, in my opinion, you know. The club owner probably doesn't have the resources, the time, etc., to be able to educate the trainers to help them build their business. There's a general understanding there that, hey, if you come in as a PT, then we will enable you, we will give you the full run of the gym. You can go around, you can prospect people, you can pick up clients and all the rest of it. However, if you're not very proactive, and when I say you're, if you're as the personal trainer, if you're not being very proactive about doing that, then there's a chance you might not have enough clients to sustain business. So no one has a win with that. The personal trainer doesn't have a win because they've had a bad experience. They've spent a couple of months and maybe haven't given it their best shot. But on the flip side, they may not have known what to do. 
secondly, the gym owner's not happy because now they've had a, a personal trainer who's not really having a crack, you know. And um, we've spoken to plenty of those, plenty of gym owners who sort of roll their eyes and go, "Yeah, well, these are PTs are a bit of a pain in the backside." And you know, at the end of the day, clients don't get trained because if you're not training clients, then obviously people aren't, aren't achieving what they want from a customer care perspective and from a client retention perspective in the gym. Those clients are not at that point in time getting effectively serviced or looked after. So you want to look at it and you want to think about what problem are you solving. So let's go back to it. As a PT, what problem are you solving? All right. So these for many of these clubs, ideally that have four trainers there, you know, some of the stats I saw not so long ago was that the average club was operating at about 1.5 trainers per club, which is incredibly low. Look, if there's only 1.5 trainer per club, then there's not many people who are going to get trained. Therefore, the client retention at that gym and the membership retention is not going to be that great because obviously we know if people don't, if they stop coming, fall off the bandwagon, do whatever, then there's maybe not at a 24-hour club, maybe not that um, high level of ability to customer care to follow that person up, etc. So what you need to consider is to have a think about, okay, what um, can I do here and how do I how do I negotiate myself away into this? Now, I'm a big fan of the the entry point startup arrangements where you get a, a free rent or a cheap rent or something that can assist you to get the ball rolling. But my suggestion to you is to just, you know, if you're looking for the right place and the right facility to operate from you go in there and you want to ask the right questions you know you want to find out how many members are in that club you want to find out how you know how many signups they're achieving per week or per month do they have some kpis in place do they have some metrics about this business that they're looking to achieve are they building a database do they have a database in each and every each and every client you want to hope they do Secondly, how hot is that database, you know? So are they communicating with that database? Are they um, delivering good content to that database via information broadcasts, via email newsletters, via social media pages, etc.? Really, at the end of the day, what's the relationship? How frequently do the members use the facility and how many of those members actually come to the facility? Because there might quite... The, could be quite a large number of people on the at that particular facility however the question is is how many of those people are actually coming to the gym so i would go in there armed with a whole range of various questions and really what you're starting to do at this point in time is starting to assess and decide hey is there an opportunity here you know because maybe if they haven't been doing the marketing side of it very well if they haven't been doing the the ability to deliver good content and so forth I would say to you, why don't you be the person who helps deliver that? Why don't you be the person who creates that content? You mesh yourself as part of that gym's culture. And what that enables you to do is get access to that database. So as well as delivering great content, you get positioned as the obvious best choice. And then you're in the best and the ultimate position to make the members of that facility a great offer to commence with some type of introductory personal training or some type of pack or whatever it is that you have on your list of offerings. So there's one bit. All right, another bit would be to have a think about the sales side of it and have a look at what sales process do they have in place? Do they have some sort of targets in place? Are they looking to achieve a certain number of bums on seats every week or every month in this facility? And therefore, can you assist that? If there's a gym manager there and they might not be very strong in sales, my question to you is, could you work together with that gym manager and undertake some education or some training together? Because obviously, you're both barracking, you're both on the same team, you're both trying to get the result 
Obviously, the gym manager generally works on a base salary and some sort of bonus or commission on top of that. So if you can work together and go, okay, let's put a sales process, put a sales system into place so we can work together. Look, I'm happy to promote selling more gym memberships, but I also want the idea that people are going to uptake personal training to be promoted and sold at point of sale when, when people are first signing on. In addition to that, have a think about if there's been a 24-hour club, you know, just let's think big picture for a minute. There's been a 24-hour club and you speak to the owner and they've just rolled their eyes at the, the concept of personal trainers in there. Oh, they've just been a nightmare. And what about, you know, if you've got aspirations to start hiring trainers under you or building a team or something like that, it provides you with the perfect environment to go, look, instead of you attempting to deal with these trainers one at a time, one by one, why don't I be your person that takes on the running of personal training in this facility? And uh, we've certainly had quite a number of our clients at Create PT Wealth who have put this system into place. It really involves you being proactive, leading on the front foot. If you've got a vision, if you've got an idea on how you could best set up your business underneath the roof of someone else's, and I call it running a business inside a business, you can come to them with a formal business proposal and say, look, I will, I will be prepared to pay a rent for myself being the first trainer and I'll do X number of sessions that will be my goal and then what I'd like to do is put on the second trainer that sits underneath me who will work for my become part of my company part of my organization and part of that arrangement is I will continue to pay a rent for that trainer however I want that rent to be reduced and you know let's just throw some rough figures out there you might say it's $200 for for your first trainer and then you might say from the the, for myself, sorry, $200 for myself. And then for my, the second person I take on, I like that fee to come down to 150 And then for the third person, I like that to come down to 125 per week. And for the fourth, I'd like the, that to come down to 100 per week. So you can see now we're starting to get to that point where you can start to throw across some ideas across the table. And if we add those figures up, we got 200 plus the 100 gets us to 300 Add another... 150 to that gets us to 450 added another 125 to that that gets us to 575 dollars a week now what you're suggesting here is that you'll you'll be prepared to when we get to that point you'll be prepared to top this thing out at 575 dollars a week and again just keep in mind i'm throwing out some rough general figures here you can sort of work it whichever way seems to suit your model the best I've seen people be able to get it for less than that, much less than that, and I've seen people be able to, or people who have paid much more than that, and still be able to have a successful business model that works effectively, and it's a win-win for both parties. That's ultimately what you're looking for here. The club, 24-hour club owner, has a win, and you get to have a win and have a profitable business in there as well. So what you're suggesting here is when we top out at five seventy-five dollars, you've got yourself plus three trainers on board. And what you're suggesting is that you will you will pay no more on top of that. So that will be the highest figure when you reach that. You'll put some metrics in about how you would achieve that. You put some metrics in about minimum session numbers and so forth. And and if for some reason that you have some unexpected things happen in your business, let's say you have two trainers up and leave or leave the country or go on holidays or whatever, and you're suddenly left with one. Um, that your the rent is up for negotiation. However, really what you're saying is that it's your responsibility. You're taking on the responsibility of this business. You want to build it. You want to be the holy and sole PT business inside this club. You're prepared to take that on. Now you have a look at this, back to this idea of the problem that you're solving. You ever think about the typical 24-hour club owner, right? Four PTs times $200 a week 
gets them roughly $800 a week in the perfect world. So they think, yep, that's, that's great. It's probably not gonna make them rich, but it's definitely gonna to contribute to their bottom line. Let's go $800 a week times 52, gets them to $41,600. So just a little bit over 41 grand. All right, so let's say that this 24-hour gym owner, their expectation to pull out of that club might be 300 grand for their year. 41 grand, you know, it's a decent percentage of that, you know, it could be sitting on around about 15 or so percent. And if they didn't have that income, well, you know, that could be a, that could be a, a section that impacts their business. Not to mention that if they haven't got PT happening in that club, if there's not, let's say, for example, 100 sessions a week conduct, being conducted out of that club, then there's you know potentially a hundred members who aren't getting frequently serviced and who aren't haven't got that commit haven't got that commitment of a trainer and there's the more probability that we might have some people drop off the back and and, and maybe stop PT um, stop their gym membership altogether so PT is the best form of gym member retention okay so you did hear that personal training people conducting ongoing personal training is the best form of gym member retention all right so you're talking 41 grand in the perfect world however what we do now however is the average gym from stats that oh, i got privileged to some time ago sitting on about 1.5 members per week so let's go 200 dollars a week times that by 1.5 is 300 dollars a week so they get on average and you know again i'm generalizing here 300 dollars a week times that by 52 it's going to bring us at about 15 grand a year so now they're down to 15 grand a year significantly different to 41 okay so there's a significant loss there of about twenty six thousand dollars which you know i'm sure that you wouldn't want to have come out of your pocket so if you're you think about my scenario that we were proposing before 575 dollars a week times it by 52 weeks of the year gets them right on 30 grand okay so what you've pretty much done for many of these club owners if you've effectively doubled the amount that they would have received. Now we do realize that they would have loved to maybe get the 40, but hey, they've got they've got 75% of the way. But most importantly, what you've done is you've removed the headache. And I can guarantee you that would definitely be worth to one of those uh, 24-hour club owners that would definitely be worth $10,000 a year. I can tell you that now. Because you're taking the responsibility to look after your team. You're taking the responsibility to recruit. You're taking the responsibility to replace somebody if they, if they leave or they fall off the back or they go overseas. You're taking the responsibility to build the leads and build that particular business. And so, you know, my general philosophy around this is I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the model, you know. Um, the more that you can find opportunities for you to be able to grow the, your business the way that you want it to be and it becomes a win-win for all parties, then the better it's going to be for everybody. You just need to have a look at all the figures and the facts that, that come into play in this particular scenario. All right, look, I hope I've convinced you in, at this point in time that you know two of those options, and both of those options, I should say, our super clubs, are excellent, bloody excellent, actually. I'm a big fan. 24-hour style clubs, again, I'm a big fan. Um, any independently owned gym, see, the beauty of these places is that for many of them, they are independently owned. There's usually one owner, maybe a husband and wife, maybe one person, etc. And that's where it gives you the opportunity to start to negotiate. 
Now, it's pointless trying to negotiate unless you're going to bring something to the party. So that's why, you know, my general philosophy has always been if you're going to go into some sort of negotiation, have a think about what value can you bring to this, okay? Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you're just in there just to just to screw somebody down, trying to get the cheapest price or whatever it's going to be, then, you know, maybe that relationship's not going to be hit off that fantastic. So my suggestion to you is always just keep that open mind in terms of going, how can I better service this place? What value can I bring to this place? And I would encourage you to always consider those particular words, especially in reference to how can you better service the customers there? How can you better look after and be part of the whole customer care process? How can you better manage the customer experience when they start with that facility from day one? Just because someone hasn't commenced training with you, they will be subconsciously, and whether you know it or not, whether they think it or not, they'll be subconsciously making decisions on whether they think that you're a good fit for that place or not. So you need to stand out and you need to make sure that you are known in that facility as the the go-to person who has the, the personality and who has the ability to be able to make them feel comfortable in that particular environment because that's what it's all about. All right, those two um, scenarios are great. I want to touch on one more before we knock on. If I've got a few minutes up my sleeve, I know I'm moving fast, but I really wanted to get through this information today. All right, the next bit is having a think about what spaces you can go and set up in. What spaces can you occupy? I'll give you an example, sporting clubs. All right, seen this one way too often now, and it's come up way too often. I've seen plenty of people go into that particular scenario. Many sporting clubs that have um, places, empty sheds, facilities, things like that. They might, might have had an old rusty clunky gym with a multi-station in there. It hasn't been used for years. Or some footy club that's got some old rusty dumbbells or whatever. So here's your opportunity to start to open up that conversation. And again, think about what value can you bring to that facility. So... Maybe there's some sort of contra arrangement that you can put into place there where, for example, you go in and you use that facility for no fee and what you do in contra for utilizing that fee, you're basically swapping some time for money. And so what you're saying is that you would be prepared to put on X number of sessions per week, which would uh, service either the members or possibly the parents of the children who are going to that particular footy club or whatever it is. So you want to go in there and have a think about what, again, what value can you bring? And you might decide, look, I'm prepared even to put some investment into this. I might, you know, I'm prepared to meet you guys halfway to help deck this place out. Or let's let's give it a spruce up. Let's put some, a few new bits of equipment in there, etc. And really, it's back to this whole concept of going, well, what, you know, what is going to come, what is it going to become of that that space that facility if you don't do anything with it it's probably going to remain the same like you know forever um, and the people who use it are probably not going to be that encouraged to use it because it's not going to be that inviting etc so you want to sniff these places out we stay at a place in uh, the quest on Dorcas down in melbourne and you know it's a, it's a cool little hotel we sort of call it the home away from home because it's your self-contained apartments but it's got this cool little gym in there and it's been set up i think there's probably a couple of pts that have um negotiated a way to, to operate from that facility but you know to me it's just that perfect type of space where it's been set up um, nicely they've got a few good bits of equipment in there hey there's some bits in there you probably wouldn't use but there's all the basics you know what i mean uh, and then you can throw some of your own you know your own personal equipment in there and turn it into a little facility and really make it your home 
similarly in some of these sporting clubs you know again we're back to that thing in uh, in considering well look if i was to actually set up in this facility now i'm faced with the idea that i've got a prospect um and lead generate all my own clients because you know if you're not in a facility a 20 a, a large super gym a 24-hour club then you don't ha- have access to new um sign up members well, what you do have in these facilities or as, as part of a relationship with this club, sporting club, for example, is no doubt they've got a database of trainers, oh, <laughs> sorry, a database of people that can be members of that club. They can be parents of the kids going there. And no doubt somewhere in amongst that, they've got names, emails, and phone numbers of people that are associated with that facility. And that gives you an instant way to build some rapport with those people and to invite those people down. Maybe you're going to run some some free boot camps. Maybe you're going to put on some type of, some type of free 21-day um, challenge, which you know, you're giving up 21 days of your time to get these people in the circle, get them in the loop, give them a taste on what it's all about and make them some great compelling offer to continue. Similarly, if you're in some sort of um, negotiating with some sort of hotel or some sort of a facility, same rule applies. No doubt that place has got a list of people that have come through. No doubt they've got some sort of email-based marketing program, some sort of email-based newsletter, something that goes out, maybe some hard copy stuff. Here's where we start to get the wheels in motion with the marketing. Have a think about who has your clients before you do. So you might be just absolutely stoked because you've been able to secure a a place at a sporting club for free and all you've had to do is give up a couple of hours a week of your time to run a few boot camps. However, at the end of the day, if you can't turn that into a profitable business to get bums on seats to get your clients in there and obviously that comes back to your marketing strategy, then you know there's a chance that you might be sitting in that place with it empty. So I always go, who has your clients before you? Who has the database before you? So you can leverage off that and you can get a head start on it. Of course, you know the topic of our other podcast, of course, is the whole concept on lead gen. How do you build a successful database in your local area of people that want to want to hear about what it is that you've got on offer? So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, giving it to you straight in a couple of different areas, super clubs, 24-hour style clubs, sporting clubs, hotels, etc. Look, in in my opinion, like I said, I've seen all models work and they can be incredibly successful. You just want to keep coming back to this concept of what it is that you can offer. How can you better serve? And I always have our clients put together this whole list of pros and cons. So if you're going to start sniffing out a place, do the pros and cons. Get a blank sheet of paper, line down the center, pros on one side, cons on the other, and think, okay, what can I benefit from going in this place? What are some of the, the pros? That it, what are some of the cons? What's the risk? What's the reward? Put together the list of questions that you would ask each of these places and put this into some sort of spreadsheet. So before you go and sign up with the very first place that you speak to, go and do your research. It's sort of like buying a property. The first house, the first property myself and my wife bought, we looked at 120 houses to buy that first house. 120. It's quite a lot. We would go around every Saturday. Back then, there was, we'd pick up the Saturday newspaper. We'd, we'd jump in the car. We'd meticulously go around, see around about 10 properties. And we had a checklist and we'd evaluate every property because what I figured out very quickly was that I, unless I saw lots of properties and understood what I was looking for, then how am I going to know what's a good deal or not? And so after 120 properties, because what I wanted to do is obviously turn this our, our real estate portfolio into a profit-generating asset for us, 
when we walked into the property that we eventually bought, we were just absolutely blown away the, at the asking price. It was like, oh my God, this what we're getting for the money is incredible. So we were actually prepared to pay the exact asking price. I was even prepared to pay more than the asking price, but we literally bought that place within about half an hour of us walking in the door because we had seen 120 places and we were well-educated, knew exactly what we were looking for. Unless you're prepared to go through those sort of scenarios, unless you're prepared to put in some legwork and some groundwork and do some research, there's a chance that you might just end up with whatever is available, whatever is on offer. So that's my definitely my parting tip for you. If you want to make a success in this area and turn it into the most profitable venture for you and your personal training business, then you want to get out there, do the legwork. All right, champions, look, I'm going to sign off for today. Thanks for very much for joining me today on our Create PT Wealth Personal Trainer's Guide to Wealth Creation podcast. Coming into the end of 2014, look, if you haven't been to one of our events, I'd highly encourage you to get along. We've got a massive event happening this week on the Gold Coast, Thursday and Friday. 60-odd people coming to that. And then a couple of weeks later up in Brisbane, our very last event of 2014. Already we're up to about 75 people booked into that event. It's going to be a it's going to be a huge finish to the year, so incredibly pumped. And um, hey, look, wishing you all the best in your lead up to 2015 and having that the most successful as possible. All right, champions, bye for now.